TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. playing it a little bit early tonight because next hour I'm going to be replaying the Robert Highland radio documentary. So this is the last live hour tonight on the show. If you want to call in, you can. It's the last show of the week. 314-436-7900. Or maybe you're not in the St. Louis area. You prefer the 800 number. 800-925-1120. Still, it's strange for me to dial an 800 number. I remember when I was a kid and 800 numbers were associated with something that cost you money and your parents would find out about it and you'd be in trouble. That's the the way of thinking as a kid. And now it's so common and you can call any local number from any cell phone and it all counts. I'm pretty sure every plan has the long distance included before, even just, uh, what, 15, 20 years ago? Maybe that recent yet. I used to have to get a calling card if I was going to call long distance because I couldn't put the uh, long distance minutes on my cell phone plan or on any plan. You remember those days? And you also remember calling collect and trying to get the best long distance rate and this and that. Oh, man. Times have really changed. I am continuing to monitor what's going on on the Senate floor. Let's take a look and see if they're still reading this covid bill. For purposes of the section E, certain rules to apply. For purposes of the section, rules similar to the rules of section 5111 and 280CA shall apply. F, certain governmental employers. One, in general, this credit shall not apply to the government of the United States, the government of any state or political subdivision thereof, or any agency or instrumentality of any of the foregoing. Ugh. All right, that's enough to put you to sleep. I get that. All right, let's uh, take a look at our phone lines. Oh, look at that. Joe's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, how's it going, sir? All right. All right. I just want to say, first and foremost, as a restaurant manager, honest to God, it is awesome that you do the show you do because whenever I get uh, done with work and I close, even if it's the repeat, hearing you is the perfect soundtrack for my way home. All right. So you like the Rebecca Black song? I like everything you do, my friend. That's all I'm going to say. Let's put that <laughs> all out. All right, there. awesome. I got a quick, Thank you. Quick question. Quick question. 
Um, being a huge hockey fan and bleeding blue for 42 years, even though we're not getting what they're getting in Texas, my question is, if on Wednesday next week, if the mask mandate is gone and all businesses can open 100%, if I'm really, really jonesy for hockey, does that mean I can go to Dallas and watch a hockey game at a packed stadium? Huh, good question. I don't know if the individual leagues have decided on that. Like baseball, the big news today was that the Cardinals are going to allow, was it a third of the stadium to be filled? So that was a pretty right, big deal right. when they're, they're announcing that. It's going to be a hot ticket. I haven't heard anything about the NHL allowing that. And even if it is something where the fans are allowed, certain places have less restrictions than others. I think the league normally weighs in on that and what they allow first. And I haven't heard any of those discussions. So th- it, it may have well, happened, I- and I, I haven't seen it, though. Well, no, no, and I haven't seen it either. It's just when he put in his own words, 100% of businesses can reopen, I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe I might start being a Ben Bishop fan. I don't know. I might have to go to Dallas. <laughs> It'll never happen. I'm just saying, I, I'm just hoping that this is, you know, the domino effect and everybody follows suit. That's my hope. All right. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate your call. This is a good insight. So you're really jonesing for live hockey. At this point, you're going to look for the kids that set up the nets in the street and every time you drive by you know the yell car you go by you drive and it'll be strange when you park and say no i'm just gonna hear i'm gonna watch you kids play it's almost at that point isn't it i do miss live hockey i am a hockey fan myself and even though i don't pay attention to it as closely as i used to when i was younger it's still nice to be able to go and sit down in a cold arena and get excited when the Zamboni comes out and they sing the song, I want to ride a Zamboni. Everything, the whole atmosphere of it all. It's something you can't really replicate back at the house. Let's go to Dan, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just got a couple questions for you. Number one, what do you think is going to happen to the city of St. Louis if this Jones gets elected as the mayor? And then the other question I have for you, is that Johnson sitting there listening to these people read that bill off for the next 10 hours? Or is he uh, at home in his bed? Uh, because, uh, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander because it's going to happen to them if they ever have to uh, go the other way around. Uh, yeah. Thanks for taking my okay. call. Yeah, thanks, Dan. No, Senator Johnson, yes, is in the Senate chamber, and I think they said he's the only senator that's there watching, other than Senator Kelly, who's presiding over it. But they mentioned that if he were to leave, like all the other senators did, immediately someone could say, uh, we we motion to stop, and there would be no one to object. So the only reason they're still doing this is because he is still in there. And from the different tweets I've read, he is reading it word for word. He's following along. He's got the 600 and some pages in front of him. And when they flip the page, he flips the page. So, yes, he's there. Um, let's say Tashar Jones wins the mayor's race in St. Louis. I have some major concerns, major concerns. I look at some of those very progressive cities that had problems over the summer. And we mostly see it with the way they reacted to violent protests. Normally, what you see in those situations is that they downplay the violence and they defend the ones that are violent and they allow for the violence to happen by facilitating it, by saying it's just part of the process. And then they blame the police afterwards. So, you know, it's actually the police's fault why this is whatever. Um, That's what I'm afraid is going to start happening in St. Louis as um, as a, a blue city as we are. 
St. Louis has been a blue city for a long time with blue policies, and we know that it hasn't been working out all that great. We're about to go even more blue. I mean, you're going to go far, far left, and you're going to start seeing some of these major cities like the Portlands and the Seattles and the Minneapolises that have said, you know, police are the problem, so we're going to consider cutting police budgets. And instead of sending cops out, we really need social workers because we need psychologists not police officers or whatever. And when they start smashing, when they start taking over streets, when people are becoming more victims because there's less police on the street, we're going to see the city of St. Louis leaning more into that. And that's what I'm really afraid of. That's what I feel would happen because I don't think you could look at Tashara Jones versus Lyda Krusen and say they're equal when it comes to ideology. I would say Lyda Krusen, though she is a Democrat, is definitely closer to center than any of these other progressive mayors are. So when you go further left, I think we can see the playbook of how this worked out in other cities. And it should be very concerning for St. Louis. This is something we don't want. Couple that with some of the other progressive people that we have in power, like the circuit attorney's office with Kim Gardner. She's already doing an abysmal job when it comes to uh, prosecuting. Now think of it this way. Now uh, we have the exclusion list with the police. Now you have someone that's not going to stand up for police in the mayor's office if she wins. And there's going to be no one to stand up for the police. Who's going to be left to do it besides, you know, rational people that live in the city that are going to demand it? That's part of the problem. Uh, and even Mayor Lida Krusen, I don't think was super, you know, she she was not in the front of the line when it came to defending police. I think she would, but she wasn't a strong proponent, as in I wish she would have came out more strong on some of these different issues like a Republican uh, would have. They would have definitely came out stronger in swinging when it said uh, we need to stop this nonsense. I feel like Mayor Krusen was definitely towing the line in some of these instances. It's not even going to be a matter of that if Tashara Jones gets into office. It's going to be a foregone conclusion that the police equal uh, the enemy. And I'm not going to like that one bit. And I uh, that's what I'm really concerned about. I think she's already made calls for defunding the police and these different things. So uh, all of these assumptions of mine, all of these things that I'm predicting right now, I don't think are going to be that far-fetched. And it does, you know, and maybe I'll be wrong and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am on this. And that should concern a lot of people because we've been moving in the wrong direction when it comes to crime in the city of St. Louis. I think that being down 150 police officers contributes to that. I think that when you continue to find that there's a lack of support, for police officers, that contributes to that. So if you're going to keep moving in the that direction, I don't see anything getting better. And we came off a terrible year when it came to homicides. So we got that going. We'll take some of your calls coming up after the break. 314-436-7900. This is Overnight America KMOX. Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes, mornings and afternoons on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX. And welcome back to Overnight America. Okay, good call so far. This will be nice. 314-436-7900 if you want to call or text in. Text message that came in. Oh, man, remember 1010220? Those commercials were on all the time. And one person said, I guarantee no one under 20 knows what long distance is. <laughs> yeah, the 1010220 number was an alternative to long distance. So if you had whatever your phone service was, we'll say AT&T. You can call long distance, but it would charge you to connect outside of your whatever range it was. Usually it was outside of your state or whatever the the cutoff was. 
But if you called this 1010-220, what you would do is you would connect to them and then they would connect you to your long distance and then they would charge you. And normally it was cheaper rates than whatever it was. They were at least more competitive. Well, as I found out, those long distance services still exist. Why do they exist? I don't know. But you're right. I don't remember the last time anyone said, oh, uh, despite I get might get charged long distance for giving that call. I don't remember the last time that's happened, honestly. Let's go to Jeff. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan, how are you tonight? Good. Good. Hey, listen, I, I, I hope I didn't misunderstand. I thought before the uh, the hour broke, you had said you were going to be talking about transgenderism. That's what my phone uh, calls about. I hope that's okay. Yeah, that's fine, because let me just uh, set this up real quick. So Mich- uh, here in Missouri, I should say, there was a bill that was being discussed about preventing male-born transgender students playing with girls sports. And Mississippi more recently uh, passed a bill almost un- unanimously, almost they all passing a bill that banned transgender student athletes from female sports. So I was going to bring that up. I'll let you comment on that first, though. Okay. Well, if, 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 if you'll allow me, I'd like to tell a very quick story and ask a question. My story is I went to my local bank here recently uh, in the last couple of years, and I attempted to cash a check for $4.3 million. And uh, uh, the uh, teller got really flummoxed and sent out the uh, bank president, who I've known since fourth grade. And John explained to me that uh, I didn't have that much money in my account. And I told him I self-identified as a quintuple millionaire. (laughs) <laughs> and I would still leave $700,000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, John patiently sat down with me in, uh, uh, at the computer terminal, and we, we looked up my account, and it didn't show anywhere near $5 million, and uh, mm-hmm. he de- denied my request. Mm-hmm. So my question is, since John was able to prove to me that I didn't have $5 million in my checking account, how can that be different, Ryan, than someone who, identifies as female, but a uh, simple blood test shows that they have an XY chromosome. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison because things like that have been brought up. But thank you for your call, Jeff. I So this is, let's get into what this is, what this bill is, and then we'll comment about the, the social side of it because there is a social side to it. So let's start first with Missouri, because this was a story from a couple of days ago. There was a bill that was being discussed in a House committee hearing that would call for a statewide initiative to change the Missouri Constitution so that transgender athletes who have dominated girls in women's sports have, uh, wouldn't be able to do that. You wouldn't be able to be a biological male and then compete with the biological females. So you would be looking at that based on sex, not based on what is the now redefined terminology of gender, which gender apparently in today's world has been defined by a million different things. So you're looking at the biological sex versus the gender. So in today's world, socially speaking, there are a lot of people that look at that and say gender is something that you can define for yourself. And then what they do is they use that as an opening to try to cross over to say that gender is your sex. So the way that you define yourself is the way that you are biologically. And that is where the crossing over becomes a problem. And I think a lot of states are trying to address this because we start to have some of these really strong progressive nominations that are being proposed in the Biden administration that are going to be at the head of the you know the education department or some of these other places that will have uh, an ability to put policies in place or determinations in place that will go against 
in a lot of cases, common sense. Now, let me do this real quick. And I wanted to bring up Mississippi because they're also someone that did this. They voted 81 to 28 passing um, the ability to make it so that if you're a biological male, you compete with the biological males. If you're a biological female, you compete with the biological females. And Rand Paul was bringing this up with, I think it was the uh, education department's nominee. Uh, the problem with what we're seeing in the education field with all of this. And let me just play Rand Paul's quotes, and I'm glad that he brought these up. So you don't have a problem then with boys running in the girls track meet, swimming meets, name it. You're okay then with boys competing uh, with girls? Respectfully, Senator, I think I answered the question. I believe schools should offer the opportunity for students to engage in extracurricular activities, even if they're transgender. I think that's their right. All right. Well, a lot of us think that that's bizarre, you know, not very fair. You know, I come from a family that has a lot of girls who have been have competed in college athletics, have been state champions. And frankly, you know, some boy that's six foot two competing against my five foot four niece doesn't sound very fair. I think most people in the country think it's bizarre, you know, that it's just <laughs> completely bizarre and unfair that people, and you're going to run the Department of Education, you've got no problem with it. Um, that concerns me. And I, I think it's this kind of thing is going to lead to really just the vast majority of America just wondering who are these people that think it's okay? From what planet are you from? I mean, to think it's okay that boys would compete with girls in a track meet, that that somehow would be fair. Um, I wonder where feminists are on this. I wonder where the people who supported women's sports are on this. I mean, we all going to be okay with hulking six foot four guys, you know, wrestling against girls. Do it, you know, it just makes no sense whatsoever. And so I think the fact that you seem to be afraid to answer the question or you basically do answer the question by saying it's okay without saying it's okay really is a statement to a, a real problem we have and uh, a disconnect between what middle America and what most Americans actually believe. I even think most Democrats don't believe girls should run in the, in the boys track meet, uh, you know, boys should run in the girls track meet. So I'm disappointed in the answer. And uh, I just can't imagine that we're going to have a policy like that nationally. Okay. That is Rand Paul as part of a committee hearing that happened. Well, not a committee hearing, a nomination process, as they're still trying to go through some of the different nominees of the Biden administration. And we've seen that uh, this, a lot of uh, nominees have had some very progressive thoughts on some of these very, very delicate issues that we see. And what I think a lot of people like Rand Paul and myself are concerned about is something that if you have an individual that has a certain belief set when it comes to themselves, using that as a way to force that on other people, as in they have to uh, find themselves also agreeing with what their personal beliefs are on something like this, as in they have to go along with it, even when it puts them at a disadvantage. In this case, if we want to look at girls sports, women's sports, uh, depending on the age limit or whatever it is, there is a true biological difference between males and females. And for anyone to look at that and say, well, we're not allowed to bring that up, I think is bizarre. And Rand Paul is right. It is something that needs to be taken into consideration, just like all of these other things. I don't think it is because, uh, you know, we, uh, for a while there it was the bathroom debate. I don't think it is irrational to say that maybe we uh, have to consider that it makes people uncomfortable when a person of the opposite sex walks into a bathroom. If you're a female and a biological male walks in, that is a problem. 
one other thing. Um, I saw this one story out of Washington, D.C., and I'll just do this real quickly because we're running late. A woman was going uh, wedding dress shopping, and I think it was Todd Starnes that brought up this story. So part of the wedding wedding dressing uh, wedding dress shopping thing is, you know, the, the woman goes into the shop. They look at different dresses. They try different dresses on. And normally there's an attendant there that helps them do it. So this attendant was helping the person get dressed in the dressing room. So keep in mind, this woman was in various stages of clothing. And this person was, you know, helping the she was helping get the dress on and touching different parts of the body. Well, later she finds out that was a biological man doing that dressed as a woman. Because of the mask and all these other considerations that they took at the store, she didn't know that. And she felt very uncomfortable and she felt violated. And the store's policy is you're not allowed to feel that way because she identifies as a woman. You have to treat her as a woman, even though she's a biological male looking at you undressed, touching you in places. I don't care if you're uncomfortable with that. You have to be more sensitive to the way she feels. That is wrong. That is totally wrong. Because it puts the, the the person going in shopping in a terrible position, one that they shouldn't be in, and they shouldn't have to compromise themselves that way. And they shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable because someone else feels a different way. So this is uh, where the lines are crossing, and they're seeing these things cross. When you look at the Department of Education, now talk about teens and even younger than that having to deal with these very complex adult situations and putting them in that situation. So I want to thank our last caller for for bringing that up. And if you want to call in, too, you can 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And this also plays into some of the other issues we have in today's society. We only got about 25 minutes or so left in the show. This is Overnight America KMOX. Hey, it's Mark Reardon for St. Louis Automatic Door Company. And this is a message that's not only for those of you who have a garage door or you need a new garage door or you need a garage door fixed. This is for a lot of other folks. These are union members, skilled craftsmen who can put doors into office buildings, banks, schools, hotels, even major league stadium doors, government buildings, gas stations. You get it. And don't forget shipping and receiving doors, warehouse doors. It goes on and on. So this message is really for everyone. St. Louis Automatic Door Company owner Kevin Moynihan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Cardinal Spring Training is underway in Jupiter, Florida. And KMOX's Mike Claiborne is covering it all. Hear his daily reports, mornings and afternoons, and on Cardinal's Open Line. Sponsored in part by T.R. Hughes Homes. On your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. And welcome back to Overnight America. Tonight, 11 o'clock, we're going to replay our radio documentary that I produced last year for Robert Highland. He passed away on March 5th, 1992. So 29 years passed 
the person that really built KMOX into the powerhouse and recognized as one of the most significant radio stations in the history of the industry. We're going to, you know, do that in honor of him through the the late night tonight. I thought this was a good way to end the week. And I think that we could all use a little break every now and again. Let's take a look live on the Senate floor. Let's see. Are they still debating this thing? Under the section, the secretary shall treat subparagraph A as not applying. B, effective date. The amendment made by the section shall apply to taxable years beginning after December 31st, 2019. Section 9663, application of premium tax credit. In- <sighs> yep. Going to be doing that for a while there. So I wanted to bring this up before the end of the week. And there is new evidence and people coming forward talking about how Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York would prey on them. And there is one individual victim, a woman, 25 years old, who sat down with CBS, Nora O'Donnell. Her name is Charlotte Bennett made some pretty big comments during the sit-down interview. I think the first of the different accusers to come forward and talk about the experiences of this uh, creepy governor in New York. So you think all this national attention may have emboldened him? Absolutely. I think he felt like he was untouchable in a lot of ways. And this is going back to 2020 when everyone was looking at him and saying, Wow, what a dreamy governor. Isn't he so great? Oh, this guy, he is so good at being a governor. Yes, number one governor, Andrew Cuomo. And everyone was just gushing over him. All the Democrats just couldn't get enough of him. And this victim is saying he was using that. It played off of his ego, and it just made him more able to go around and feel like he was untouchable to commit sexual harassment. Bennett says their professional relationship took a turn on May 15th when she alleges the governor started asking her about her love life and then became fixated, repeating over and over again her history as a sexual assault survivor. So he goes, you were raped. You were raped. You were raped and abused and assaulted. Another key encounter happened on June 5th when Bennett says she was called into Cuomo's office to take dictation and he told her to turn off the tape recorder. And then he explains at that point that he is looking for a girlfriend. He's lonely. He's tired. You've just finished dictation and the governor is telling you he's lonely and looking for a relationship. Yes. He asked if... I had trouble enjoying being with someone because of my trauma. This is seems highly drama being a, a victim of rape in the past. Okay. Yeah. The governor asked me if I was sensitive to intimacy in his office. Yes. During the workday. Okay. Creepy nonetheless, but it gets worse than that actually. And I want to read this one tweet from don't know who this person is, but the tweet said since Governor Cuomo came out and said that I've never done this and I treat everyone equally or whatever it is. One person tweeted out, I have a feeling you actually will not find hundreds of reports of Cuomo walking up to a young male, putting his hands on the guy's face and asking for a kiss. Or I bet that Governor Andrew Cuomo, you won't find reports of men coming forward and saying that he wants to play strip poker with them. And all of these other really creepy things that more and more women decide to come out with their story of just how creepy he is. Okay, so this is more with Charlotte with Nora O'Donnell on CBS. You have been quoted as saying that he also asked you 
about if you'd ever been with an older man. Yeah. He asked me if age difference mattered. He also explained that he was fine with anyone over 22. And how old are you? 25. What were you thinking as he's asking you these questions? I thought, he's trying to sleep with me. The governor's trying to sleep with me. And I'm deeply uncomfortable. And I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. Uh-huh. Um, she called him a textbook abuser. And she had some proof, even. The proof being that there were text messages she sent to friends and family, just like Tara Reedy, uh, by the way, some of these other accusers of Joe Biden. But in this case, text messages that came forward that said things like, the, Andrew Cuomo just hit on me. I feel uncomfortable. I, he was way too... Uh, you know, way too forward. Uh, I think he was trying to sleep with me. He was trying to court me, things like that. And those text messages were confirmed by CBS News. They were able to corroborate the person that she messaged and she, they were able to get copies of it. So at least as part of the story, we know that after these encounters happened, it made her feel so uncomfortable that she started telling people about it. It's not something that she's finding out in retrospect. She's thinking back like, oh, yeah, I guess that was pretty creepy. Here's more from uh, Charlotte about the apology from Andrew Cuomo. People will watch this and say, why didn't you get up and leave? It didn't feel like I had a choice. He's your boss. He's my boss. He's everyone's boss. Governor Cuomo said in a statement that what he said may have, quote, been misinterpreted. Did you misinterpret him? No. I understood him loud and clear. It just didn't go the way he planned. I never knew at the time I was making anyone feel uncomfortable. Did you watch Governor Cuomo's apology? I did. It's not an apology. It's not an issue of my feelings. It's an issue of his actions. The fact is that he was sexually harassing me and he has not apologized for sexually harassing me. And he can't even use my name. So she's one of the women that have come forward and apparently CBS nor O'Donnell. They're going to air more of the interview tomorrow morning. I don't exactly know what's going to be involved with that. But the way that these women keep coming forward and Andrew Cuomo does not seem like he is at all taking this seriously, mostly because they're, they're almost like non-apologies, no remorse. So I saw different lawyers pointing out that if that person were to take the stand and say the things that they did, and they were accused of such serious crimes, the judge and everyone else would look at that as having no remorse, and that would definitely be taken into consideration during the sentencing of it all. He says he's not resigning. Uh, he learned his lesson, and as that one person pointed out, we all got a feeling that he didn't treat the men this way, so if he was only inappropriate to women, that should tell you something, that it was intentional. It wasn't something that he thought was harmless, and if you were uh, showing that sort of treatment, then you know you're trying to get something out of it. And what was that thing he was trying to get out of it? I think you know. This is a very serious thing. Keep in mind, we're talking about someone that the Democrats looked at as, I wish he was running for president. He is so presidential. All right, way to go. Andrew Cuomo, way to go. All right, we got one more segment coming up. One more segment left on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael's Flooring Outlet.com on KMOX. 
Here we are in Overnight America. Thanks again for spending this time. And you know what? We only have a few more minutes until we say goodnight one more time because at 11 o'clock, we're going to be airing our radio documentary for Robert Highland. And if you don't know who Robert Highland is, you're going to want to stick around and listen to this. It's something that aired last year, but I thought this would be an appropriate time to play it again. We're coming up on him uh, losing his battle with cancer 29 years ago. He, he passed away on March 5th, 1992. And because of that, um, you know what? Because of that, we thought that tonight would be one of those nights to honor him. It's the end of the week and we can get something not political, uh, just a, a nice thing to do. By the way, before we say goodnight, let's take a look, another look at the Senate floor. Case of individuals receiving unemployment compensation. Yeah, they're still doing it. They are still reading the COVID-19 bill, which I don't know if Mitch McConnell is going to be able to get anyone to switch over. I think that was the intention was to hopefully find that there would be some detractors that would hop on over to the Republican side. And at least some of them would realize some of these things could be taken out of the bill. Do you believe right now, as you talk, as you speak today, that there's any chance that perhaps Joe Manchin or perhaps Kristen Sinema, senators from West Virginia and Arizona might vote no on this bill? Well, I, I doubt it in the end. There is a chance, however, that they may join us in slimming it down some, probably nowhere near as much of a slim down as the situation argues for. But any amount we can reduce the size of this is a good thing for the for the country. Yeah, I agree with that. One quick thing, too, about the different mask issue that has been going around. So some of the different states, I think even Connecticut now, one of the most recent states that are going to be hopping and dialing back some of the restrictions. Uh, I saw Ben Shapiro point out online, I want to see all the Democrats rip on Connecticut now. <laughs> all right. I think it's a big mistake. Look, this is them talking about Joe Biden talking about Texas. I hope everybody's realized by now these masks make a difference. We are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is the Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. Neanderthal thinking. Uh, Governor Abbott in Texas took exception to that. Obviously, is not the type of thing that a president should be saying. He kind of said it on the worst day he could have, because the same day he said that uh, in Texas, the Biden administration was releasing illegal immigrant illegal immigrants into our communities who had COVID. The Biden administration was spreading. COVID in South Texas yesterday because of their lack of constraint of, of testing and, and uh, quarantining. Ooh, that's a good uh, point. All right, real quick, let's go to Warren, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Fifth is also the 75th anniversary of Winston Churchill's Sinews of Peace or Iron Curtain speech at Westminster College oh, in Fulton, really? Missouri. And the National Churchill Museum is doing a virtual broadcast most of the day tomorrow and the keynote speaker is george will who's a churchill file how about that that's awesome i didn't realize that that's a good tip and i'm looking so, forward to hearing highland too anyway go ahead yeah. i'm sorry well that's a good tip so again where are they airing that what website uh it'd be the national churchill org, and you have to register 
but I'm sure you can yet. Winston, uh, NationalChurchillMuseum.org. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Warren. Yeah, and the Robert Highland documentary is something we aired last year. I posted a digital version of it in a podcast. So like, people, if you miss some of it, maybe you only catch some of it tonight, go to Ryan Recker Radio on my Facebook page. I have a link to it. But the next few hours, it's my documentary to the, the late KMOX general manager that really built KMOX the way it is today. So uh, enjoy that the next couple of hours. And um, I feel like I feel like you're really going to enjoy it. I really do. This is Overnight America. KMOX. My heart beats with the lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 